Yo, what up, Lit and Lucid podcast fans? This is Lucid here with another episode of the podcast. This week we hit episode 19 with special guest Jenny Germano of ICS Consulting. We're going to touch on some employee-employee relationships, why cannabis compliance is important, and also a little bit more about Jenny's entrepreneurial spirit and why she decided to form her business. And then at the end, I think we have a special little tidbit and some tips and pointers for all you entrepreneurs out there. So listen in, take note, and enjoy. Welcome everyone to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We're here recording live in the Mile High with special guest Jenny Germano with ICS Consulting. How's it going? It's going great. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate it. Jenny is here in our uh, studios today in Denver, so we're super excited about that. We love when we get to meet each other in person. Uh, but a little bit about Jenny. So we're going to have a different conversation today where it's going to be a little bit more about empl- uh, compliance and employment type of issues. Uh, so a little bit more regulatory issues here in the cannabis industry. Uh, so we'll see kind of where this conversation goes. Uh, but Jenny has been working in the cannabis industry since 2009, working her way up from the ground up, really from a receptionist to a bud tender, all the way to the director of operations of a multi-million dollar dispensary. So she's seen every aspect kind of an employment here in the cannabis industry in Colorado. And then she started in 2015 ICS Consulting. So ICS Consulting specializes in cultivation, edible, concentrate production, and dispensary operations. What she specializes in is human resource compliance, employment training, and regulatory compliance. So those are three big topics uh, that I think hopefully we'll kind of dive into and make a little bit more simple for some listeners here. Absolutely. Um, But I'm super excited to learn more about yourself and the company and compliance in Colorado. Thank you. Awesome. Um, I'm very excited to be here and talk about, um, I think if anything I can help the audience is what is it like to be an employee and be employed in this industry. And then and to go through working in a non-regulated market to becoming regulated and then leaving it and then becoming an owner of a compliance support business. I think those kind of things are helpful because I've seen perspectives from both sides, whether you're an employee or an owner in this business. And you've seen it come from the beginning to here. And so you understand the struggles of some of those people that have been with it since 2009 or 2010 and happen to go through those changes that you are now trying to teach. So. Correct. I feel like that's a pretty cool perspective to have, not just jumping in now and trying to understand where, we, where people are at now. You already understand where they're at. Right. Correct, yeah. Especially, um, we used to call it the Wild Wild West days, and um, we weren't very regulated. Growers could come in, and you could purchase you know, product off them out of a duffel bag. <laughs> uh, it, it was definitely, there was no testing facilities like what we have now. There was no marijuana enforcement division. Um, and then all, so I got to see it from the beginning, uh, where it came off the black market and into stores and into facilities. And then all of a sudden we became regulated when the MED was created and we had our first set of rules and regulations that came out. Right. That's cool. Um, do you think it's been a struggle? Do you think it's been kind of fun to watch it all progress or, you know, what is your overall take on seeing, what is it the past? Jeez, almost 10 years now? Yeah, I think now I can look at it and say, it's been fun. <laughs> but when you're in it and moving through it, it, uh, it can be challenging. Um, I really, I think because of the almost decade experience, 
Uh, my goal is to really normalize things for people to understand it doesn't happen overnight. The stigma won't change over the night. Mm-hmm. It, it could take us another 10, 20 years uh, for the stigma to change all across the United States. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's changed in Colorado. It's, it's pretty normal when you talk about cannabis or you go into a dispensary. Um, but looking back when I was in it, it was challenging for owners. I, I worked for a lot of owners who would sit back in their office crying, saying, I haven't slept in a week. Mm-hmm. They're so stressed out about getting raided. There was some very, there was some uncertainty back in, you know, 2008, 2009. I think once the marijuana division enforcement division was created in Colorado, it actually gave a sigh of relief for people because then they felt safe, at least within the regulated mm-hmm. market to the state of Colorado. The structure. Yeah. It, there was structure. Cool. And then you had something to turn to. You had something to say, okay, look, I'm following all the rules. Mm-hmm. Please don't come shut me down. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, our previous episode, we had a gal in California and she came, she's a second generation farmer. So she went through those same things. And um, I'm hoping maybe she can find relief if she listens to the podcast that you know, with structure comes maybe like the side relief, less stress, things like that. Because I think they're just now making that transition in California where it's still, like you said, they have a sign on their hill with their license number saying we're licensed, they'll come rate us because they're still having those issues. So mm-hmm. um, it's cool. And that's what I told her. I was like, it's comforting and it's cool, but I you know, understand where you're at. But it's cool to kind of see the, the transgression or the progression, I guess, um, in other states as well, because it's just a natural thing, I think, that follows. Yeah, and, I, and, and even when I go and I work in other states, uh, right now I've been really focusing a lot on Michigan, and I've given a couple speeches there. And what I'm always telling people in Michigan is like, uh, look, this it's it's normal, and I'm, I'm trying to help them see that compliance and regulations and rules, that's structure, and that's going to actually help you be successful in your business as opposed to just, you know, just throwing something in the wind and hoping it works out. I think structure is really important in any business. Mm -hmm. uh, And especially I think it's going to be, it's helpful for people in this industry because at least now I know, you know, what I need to follow and I can kind of grow within that structure and flourish. Well, it's no different than somebody having their life structured, you know, be organized and efficient. Um, You take that and you translate it into a business, it's no different. If you apply structure to your business, you know kind of the rules and like the parameters you just work within those. Yeah. That's what I told people when I first started there. I was training some employees. Um, and, it, you know, regulations is always tough for even young employees or anybody who's never worked in a regulated market. They're like, what are these rules for? These rules are stupid and, mm-hmm. you know, they don't make sense. And a lot of it is saying, hey, it's the same for any, like, sport you play. If you go play football, you know, some of the rules are dumb in football, too, but you have to play the rule if you're play by the rules if you want to play the game. Yep. And that's pretty much what it is. And if you work in a restaurant, and I and I came from the restaurant industry before I got into this industry, I had rules I had to adhere mm-hmm. to. I had to follow health department rules and sanitation rules. Uh, of course, you have a certain way you have to be with customers and customer care. Um, and just like for bud tenders, I'm always reminding them, well, the work that you do as a bud tender is no different than if you're a waiter or waitress right. and you have side work and you have to prepare for the customers right. coming in. Uh, it, it just looks different because it's cannabis. Right. Um, but it's, I, 
you know, all across the United States, we all have to follow rules. We have driving structure. Mm -hmm. If you work in healthcare, there's structure and rules in healthcare. If you work in manufacturing, Mm -hmm. there's rules that we have to follow. Mm -hmm. And uh, SOPs. Yeah, ocean inspections. That's a normal everyday life. And companies get inspected all the time at, at all kinds of different levels. So I just think um, I think it's hard for people sometimes to associate. Oh well, why with cannabis? Because if you're like, why not? Well, if I'm consuming it, it, I'm relaxed (laughs) and I'm enjoying it. I think, well, why do I want to attach, you know, something so scary to it? Um, But it's it's pretty normal. I try to help people just normalize why we regulate cannabis. That's cool. And I think having your background probably helps that Mm because you've probably seen a lot by now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have seen some things and I'm not going to (laughs) say but I've, uh, trust me, I've, uh, not that I see it anymore, but back in the old days there was diversion, people consuming on site and obviously that doesn't happen anymore because uh, you would really get shut down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I even seen that in the past two years. I've still seen that. It's, It's something that it's, it's interesting because um, it's a gray market and I don't even know if it's even a gray market it's, it's pretty flat out discouraged and in the rules saying you can't do it and there's still people doing it and so it's eye-opening because then on me you know if I want to work with that business I start wondering well, what other rules are they skirting is that can put me in jeopardy by doing business with them yep um, and so now more than ever it's important for all businesses to kind of tighten up their ship yep um, because if you don't there's people like that looking out behind you saying do I want to work with this company now because they're not really tied up as tight as they need to be and I want them to drag my ship down with theirs yep and I call that putting on your red flag goggles <laughs> <laughs> put on your red flag goggles because seriously you have to know who it is that you're working for as an employee um, it's you know it's just not them interviewing you as an employee you should be interviewing them and vetting who you want to work for I took so many jobs where I was terrified I didn't even know if they had good cannabis like I had no idea I just wanted the job because I was really just trying to build a career but I feel like nowadays it the, the market is so much bigger than it was when I started there's so many opportunities out there for employees. There was no training available when I started. There was no, no one was teaching compliance classes. There was no Sensi night. There were no Facebook events. There, there was there was nothing really to attend for employees or owners. So I feel like everyone is so much more fortunate. Um, we have such a big community now mm-hmm. in Colorado um, that can support people in the cannabis industry. Whether you're a patient, you're an employee, you're an owner, you're a connoisseur. There's there's so many ways to be supported in the community now. Sure. I like that. That is That's true. Awesome. Yeah. So let's maybe dive into kind of what you do, like maybe this human resource compliance or employment training. Like why would somebody come to you for help? Um, well, somebody would come to me for help is, you know, specifically a brand new company or a company that's been around, but maybe they're having trouble implementing structure in their, in their business. Um, I deal with a lot of new people and I help them create basically, um, structure, human resource. I've worked in a lot of facilities that actually didn't even have a human resource department. Mm-hmm. There were, there wasn't a handbook. Uh, It was more like verbally telling me what to do, but there was nothing that held me accountable as an employee. Uh, I think it's important uh, either to come to me or someone else in the industry um, that does human resource. I think it's a very important element to add to your facility Mm -hmm. Um, because I think with employees, they want you to hold them accountable. When you don't hold them accountable, everything runs awry. And I think I think when you give them structure, they do the best, knowing, oh, I could get written up or I could get in trouble. But if managers are friends with their employees, you end up blurring lines. 
And then when you have blurred lines, people don't follow the rules and they get kind of lackadaisical about it. So I think for someone like me, I can come into a brand new facility and say, hey, here's the wrong way to do it. Mm -hmm. Here's what I've seen. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Don't blur lines with your employees right out of the gate. Get your handbook, have them sign it, make sure they understand what, give them a job role. Mm -hmm. Because if you give them a role and they understand, oh, here's my role, here's some goals I get to work towards, they're actually gonna wanna enjoy their career. But when you don't, I feel like when you don't provide them things like that, you set them up for failure and they're gonna leave and you're gonna have a revolving door. Absolutely. It's costly. It's co- it adds up. Trust me, I've worked in places where mm-hmm. all I did was hire and fire, and mm-hmm. it's ex- it's extremely exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, as a manager, and I know if there's any managers out there listening, you I know you guys know what it's like to have your hands tied behind your back, and that you don't get to do the full scope of your job. Meaning, of course, you do your job and you take care of the employees the best that you can, but not. Every um, business out there is give, are giving managers the full scope of range to do what they want to do, whether that's taking care of the employees and treating them the right way. Um, not every facility says, here's $500 a month for you to go and spend it on your employees. Um, so it, there's just a variation for both sides. Absolutely, yeah. And it also comes you know, from like the owner's perspective, like where, what are they willing to do for their managers and employees and what kind of culture are they trying to create? Yep, and you know, I, I've. Uh, it just depends on the owner. If you have a really good owner, it trickles down mm-hmm. to your staff. It's a trickle down effect. Yeah. It really does trickle down. Um, if the owner is takes a lot of pride in their business, and you know they're engaging with their employees, and they're taking care of their employees, it's going to show up. Uh, with their employees. I'm, I don't know if anyone watches The Profit. No, we do. <laughs> I, love, I love Marcus. I yeah. think he's amazing. And he always says people, product, and processes. And he's absolutely right. You got to have a good product. You have to have process and implemented and people. You have to take care of your people. Everyone says, oh, you take care of the customer. Well, no, if you take care of your people, they'll take care of the customer for you. And so I love the way he thinks about business, and there's a lot to learn from him. And you can take what he does in non-cannabis businesses and easily apply it to a cannabis business. That's cool. There was a lot that I learned this week that could go along with that, and maybe it can be a little nugget of help for anybody listening. Uh, Because, hey, I'm still learning new things. Um, And it was... The, the best lead or the best managers are actually just leaders. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a better manager, learn how to be a better leader. Because good leaders will yep. develop other leaders, and that's where accountability develops in that leader. And where you're not managing anybody, you're just leading them, and they yep. can manage themselves. Yep. And then what do they create? They create more leaders underneath of them. And so if you're like having a hard time, like I was, you know, trying to you know manage different processes and stuff, you know, put people in those places to manage those processes and like build them up to manage those processes. So you don't have to manage them. Yep. And that is, um, I think that's lacking a lot of areas in this and not because it's, people don't know what to do. It's just because it's a startup community. I mean, that's what it is. A lot of startups out there. It's all brand new. We're still going through regulations and compliance and people are still learning how to even run a business. They've never run a business in their life. Yeah. Um, people are still learning about cannabis because they ran businesses. They don't know about cannabis. Um, so I think it's, it's new to everybody and everybody has to be open to change and new ideas and perspective and, and help at some point. I love that. I think that's amazing what you said about being a leader. There's two types of managers. There's a manager who's a leader, and then there's a manager who just talks at their employees. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very unhealthy to talk at your employees. 
Um, it just, I believe it shuts them down from my experience. And I've just learned to have compassion, but also be straightforward. And if I have to hold them accountable, I'll hold them accountable. But I also want them to feel appreciated and that they're valued in this business. Um, the minute you stop valuing your employees, they just, they won't work for you. They're not going to care. Uh, they're just going to move on to the next job. So I think it's true. Like if I can be a leader as a manager or even in a, I think it's important to empower those employees to be leaders. We should be creating a generation of leaders, not a generation of people who just bark orders yep. at each other. Mm-hmm. Very true, yeah. And then I had another thought there, but I lost it. Um, <laughs> That's all right. We'll uh, let's see it. here. So what would be some good advice for somebody looking to enter into the cannabis industry when they're looking for future employment? What, what should they be looking for? Um, I would definitely uh, try to take the time to figure out exactly what you want to do. Do you want to work for an ancillary company? Uh, Do you want to work on the CBD or hemp side? Do you want to work on the cannabis side? Do you want to work in the actual licensed facilities? Well, if you want to work in the licensed facilities, take the time. Go to the Marijuana Enforcement Division website. Even if you don't understand it and it's overwhelming, take little pieces at a time and just try to dissect it and understand it. Try to look for classes to take. Um, Definitely get your badge right away. Um, I just recently was at the Vanks Career Fair and I got to talk to a bunch of employees. It's one of my favorite things to do is just sit there and talk to um, employees, future employees, current employees, um, and just kind of get an idea of, you know, what they're looking for. Um, you know, to get in this industry, sometimes you have to take a low paying job mm-hmm. and it can be a little daunting going, Oh, how am I supposed to live off of $12 an hour? <laughs> right. Um, trust me, you guys, I worked for free <laughs> for six <laughs> months and worked a restaurant job, a hotel job and catering. And I was a receptionist at a dispensary. I did everything I could to learn because nobody would hire me. They kept saying, Jenny, you have no experience. What? You don't even have you know, cannabis knowledge. And I'm just like, well, I just thought, hey, give me $50 and I'll take that kind bud, that <laughs> bag of kind bud. But times have changed. It's not a bag of kind bud now. There's thousands of strains right. and uh, different types of cannabis that you consume in different kind of ways. Um, so uh, I would, you know, I just think that sometimes taking a low paying job isn't a bad thing. I always looked at it, look, yeah, it's not fun. I'm making $10 an hour, 12. I mean, I paid $14 an hour to be a floating manager of five locations oh and I did the compliance. Wow. Oh my goodness. You know, I have made just $50,000 a year while I was in charge of everything okay. and compliance, ordering, uh, handling the employees, running, opening, and closing the store. But I did it because I knew it was going to lead me to a special place one day. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was on the ground floor. And I even now, if you're thinking about entering into this um, cannabis industry, you still are on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, just even if you get in now, 20 years from now, uh, mm-hmm. having that knowledge is going to be valuable. And sometimes taking the $15 an hour job or working two jobs to get to where you want to go or to figure out what the heck you want to do in this industry. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day as a bud tender, you're sitting there and you're making $12 mm-hmm. an hour and you're like, hey, I just came up with this concept. And I want to go open my own business. Awesome. I know a gal um, who's a butt tender, and she's working her she's working her tail off because she wants to you know start her own edible company. And what's cool is that her market research is just being a butt tender and serving 
you know, customers and getting a feel for what customers actually want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, I think that's brilliant. So take advantage of being free an employee. You're getting paid to be there. So you're kind of look at it like, hey, I'm getting paid to do my own market research. I'm getting paid to learn how to work in this industry. And one day I'm going to open my own business and not be an employee anymore. Right. And she knows what not to do. Yeah, and what not to do because I've and it's not even on your dime because you're watching whoever you work for make their mistakes, which I've worked for a lot of people and watched them make all their mistakes, which now helps me help my client. Mm -hmm. It helps me in running a business for the first time ever Mm -hmm. because, like I said, I was an employee and I'm running a business for the first time ever in my life, and I've learned everything. I make a ton of mistakes, but I also learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, what is the old adage they say for entrepreneurs to be the first to market, be the first to fail? Yeah. And then sometimes being late to the party is never a bad thing? Yeah. Never. Yeah. Nope. There's so. a lot of famous people out there who didn't even get their start until their 40s. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of famous entrepreneurs who, uh, I mean, I'm sure Elon Musk, I'm sure he's failed a ton of times. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he's even talked about that he's failed, failed, failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, You cannot be successful and not fail. Absolutely. Period. And you can take, you can look at failure as a very positive thing. I, for me, making mistakes and failing is a good thing because what it does is it, it's my map, my mm-hmm. roadmap. And every time I fail, well, hey, well, don't do that again. Right. And here's the way you really need to go. So it's really a mode, a roadmap to success if you look at it that way. I like that. Very true. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so let's touch on that. I mean, the entrepreneurial spirit is why you're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's why pretty much this. I mean, a lot of these businesses were founded was based on entrepreneurial spirit and spirit to just create something and help other people out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so what motivates you to do kind of what you do, you know, and what motivated you to kind of go off on your own and, and do this consulting? I think it was, I think honestly the motivation was being an employee and just seeing uh, how bad things were that I just wasn't getting the resources as an employee. I saw a lot of owners uh, who were struggling in the process, even if they were successful and they were doing really well on money, um, they still had a really high stress level. And I thought to myself, uh, I just felt this passion growing inside of me on uh, basically everything I learned in my own life, I try to apply it in my business and try to help apply it with other people. So learning to be responsible, a very basic human concept. We all have to learn to be responsible. But what's cool is I can apply that to the cannabis industry and not maybe not everyone understands the full capacity of what it means to be to take responsibility or be responsible in their business. So I can take kind of those concepts and apply it, you know, to be an employee or to running a business. And um, I don't know, this passion in the last three years has really grown inside of me. Uh, I get so excited. I'm literally at my best when I'm helping people. And I'm putting smiles on their faces and I'm putting them at ease and I'm kind of taking the edge off and the fear out of compliance Mm -hmm. and just saying, hey, look, this is normal. Like you're not the only one going through this. There's a lot of people going through this. Mm -hmm. And I and when I see them light up and they get it, that's when I get excited. That's cool. That's That's really cool. Yeah, I think that's like a good motivational people or person or I mean, it's like good to have that motivation for you internally because then you can motivate other people too. Yep. Um, I think you have to live it in order to walk. You have to walk the walk and talk. If you're going to talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. And so like uh, all the things that I expect out of my clients or employees, I expect the same things out of myself. And that 
And that means I'm still learning. I'm still putting myself out there. I'm mm-hmm. still getting out of my comfort zone. I'm still looking at where I'm not responsible or when I am responsible. Mm-hmm. I, I hold I hold their feet to the flame just like I hold my feet to the flame. Yeah. That's cool. I think it's cool, though, because then if people come to you, they know that, you know, you take care of your ship and, you know, you're more than capable of taking care of theirs, too. Yeah, and I'm not embarrassed about talking about right. failing. You're real, I, yeah. Yeah, I try to be real with them because I think if I can be the example, mm-hmm. they can kind of come out of their shell and say, okay, well, I don't have to be embarrassed. You know, Jenny's been through this or look at what Jenny's experienced. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Uh, I'm a, just a different type of approach person. I'm probably, there's, I don't know if there's another compliance person out there like me that comes from this approach, but my approach comes from the heart. And I think passion and the heart, uh, and I think compliance can go hand in hand. I know it might sound weird to people, mm-hmm. but it's working for me. And I, and, um, I know my clients and people I work with appreciate cool. uh, that I am passionate and I do have heart. And I think that kind of puts people at ease to mm-hmm. kind of relax and say, okay, because it requires stamina. Right. Mm-hmm. This industry requires stamina. I've been in it almost nine and a half years, almost a decade. And there have been times I wanted to quit and I wanted to give up. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I have been frustrated with the lack of money I made or working 70 hours a week and not being able to do the things I want to do for employees. But um, that is life. Life throws challenges at us. And it's about not giving up. And it's about um, having diligence. And that's what I think it takes to work in this industry. Absolutely. What it takes to work in this industry and to be an entrepreneur owning your own business, your own business <laughs> in this industry. You're like a whole double whammy. Right? I know. And, crazy. and try to have balance in your life, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, yeah, I mean, so balance is key. We did touch on it before we got the podcast going. So, yeah. you know, how do you keep your life balanced? Um, you know, I really try to take the time. So, of course, you guys, everyone has a lot of friends. And I could fill up my calendar with friends all I want. But I think it's really important. Uh, on the weekends, I really take the time to do stuff for myself. Okay. Um, you know, I just started paddleboarding three months ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, it, and I have already been on seven lakes. And wow. I literally have gone every weekend since yeah. Memorial Day weekend. So I've gone, I've, it's a commitment. I make a commitment to step in and go, and sometimes I really suck. And sometimes <laughs> I'm really good. And I just keep practicing and practicing and practicing. Uh, I think that commitment spills over into my business and how I help my clients and how I can help inspire other employees. I do a lot of camping. I do solo camping. Um, I go with my friends, um, but I also make sure I go by myself and uh, spend that time with myself and enjoy the outdoors of Colorado, and it's kind of like a reset. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. a re, it's a refresh. It keeps me from um, being stressed out. It, it's a really good healthy balance, and I just make sure I'm active. Uh, I just started swimming laps at a pool at a local Denver rec center, awesome. and I'm gonna get ready for winter because obviously paddleboarding is gonna stop, yeah. and then I just want to engage in doing some lap swimming. So I'm always looking. Um, to do stuff for myself and to learn about myself, either if, even if I'm not in my business that day, I'm still I'm still learning something that I can take and come back on Monday and apply to my business. Yeah, that's cool. So, you, could you apply that to your business? Could you do like health and wellness training for companies? Because I'm yeah, like, that's I mean, a huge. <laughs> I guess I could take a more life coach approach. Yeah. You know, just to how I live my life, and mm-hmm. um, you know. For example, if I was a company that had employees, I would ensure I did something once a month with those employees, whether it was bowling, because to me, going bowling can be health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Just just to be able to connect 
with people out, get them outside of the building and out of that dispensary or that grow mm-hmm. and get them into like a normal human atmosphere where they can connect. And uh, a lot of times you don't get to learn anything about your employees. If you're working in a busy location or if you're fulfilling your job role, mm-hmm. you might not know that person's a single mom and has three kids or, or um, this one other person's just, you know, trying to save up money to go to college. So I think you know, getting uh, getting your staff outside of your business and into like a healthy, like an environment where they're bowling, or maybe you take the day and you go hiking, or maybe yeah. you know you take them over here in Lakewood and you say, hey, we're gonna treat you and take you to Soda Lake, and we're gonna rent a mm-hmm. bunch of paddle boards and kayaks for right. everyone. If I was an employee, I would be so excited about that. You know, mm-hmm. um, maybe you shut down the dispensary on a Sunday, and hey, we're just gonna have a day for our employees. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think that's really important, and for me, that would be really easy to come in and teach a company mm-hmm. how to add the health and wellness part yeah. and the balance. That's like the new age of business nowadays. I mean, that's it's kind of coming into fruition. I mean, you see these companies offering flexible work schedules and gyms on site and smoothie carts and all kinds massages. of massages <laughs> for employee retention. But I think it's you know all the fluff aside, like it's very healthy. Because so much nowadays, you're, you're told you have to work so much and you have to work for your entire life has been working. and. 40 hours a week is just the minimum now that you have to work and 60 hours a week is the gold standard and I still think in me personally I think that's just old, outdated old adage type of stuff that's not good it's not healthy nope that's the old generation that's the generation I was brought up in uh, but I'm I'm over that mm-hmm. I, I, the young people coming in nowadays they want a life with a purpose mm-hmm. and it may not be, oh, I just want to get married and pop out kids, you know. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with getting married and having kids. I'm just saying a lot of the younger generation, I feel like when they have a job, they want there to be a real mission mm-hmm. behind that job. They want there to be a cause. Uh, mm-hmm. They they want to know they're contributing in some way. And, they and you know, a lot of young people, they want to have experiences. Yep. It's just not about, oh... So now for the rest of my life till I'm 65, I got to work 50, 60 hours a week at the same job, collecting a paycheck and trying to get build up vacation pay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I just met this guy recently at a hot springs and he had traveled to 24 countries, 28 years old, one of the coolest millennials I think I've ever met. And he really inspired me. He's like, get out there and explore the world. Uh, a nomadic life is interesting, but he said it also, it's, he's an HR guy, which is, I'm like, how does someone in HR get to travel 24 countries? <laughs> but he blew me, he blew me away as a young person. And he said, you know, I'm, now I'm back here in Colorado and I'm working a nine to five, but that structure is good for me too. He was like, I really want to have experiences because one day I know I'm going to start getting older yep. and I'm not going to want to get out of my comfort zone or I'm not going to want to do those things or maybe I'm married and have kids. Mm-hmm. So why not do it now while I'm young and I think a lot of young people they feel that they want to work for a company that has purpose or they want to you know maybe they want to travel and go to do things and have experiences but I think the old days of just you know taking that punch card and clocking in mm-hmm. and that's your life I don't think people want that anymore not at all absolutely not but I think it's good for the company too that you know if you know how to work with the young generation the millennials or any even even generation x or yep. baby boomers who are feeling this way too um if you can provide a structure and an environment to empower those millennials or the young people that want that, I think it's only better off for your business in the long run. You're going to have a more motivated individual who shows up to work, somebody who's dedicated to their, your company, mm-hmm. somebody who's going to put in the effort while they're there to contribute to your company, and somebody who's going to be creative and 
you know, break down the boundaries and innovate for your company. All of which things contribute to the success of your company. Yeah, and so they'll care. They will care. Yeah, you'll actually have employees that care, which. It almost seems like is that even is that even possible nowadays? But it is. Like mm-hmm. if you provide all the things that you just mentioned, I think you'll get employees that are actually going to care. Uh, I think I think I think most people doesn't matter what age is having goals. I think is really important in a company and setting goals and setting parameters for employees to grow to. And look, you know, I don't I don't think every I always tell employees and a lot of owners don't like this, but stepping stones. Every job I ever had in the industry, I always knew was a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. As sad as that might be, and some people wanted me there longer, and of course, you want to keep employees for a certain amount of years, but <clears throat> I can't imagine, I wouldn't be able to stay at a dispensary for 10 years. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would want to keep growing and growing, unless I got into a company where there was promising growth you know, for the next 10 years, if there was room to grow and travel and maybe go work and do license in other states, well, that would be fantastic. But if I was just going to be a butt tender for 10 years, there's just, I just, I don't see it as a possibility for, I don't think a young person would want that or, or maybe an older person might because, you know, once you start having a family and you settle down, it all comes to taking care of your family unit and making the money. Um, but I think young people are finding new ways around that and Absolutely. being really creative. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then why not you know, infuse your company with that energy, even if it is short-term or sporadic? I mean, there's nothing wrong with infusing your company with that energy to propel it forward. Yep. I mean, let's think of it as like a rocket ship. I mean, you put somebody who's like spastic and all over the place and want to do all these crazy things, let them. Let yeah. them do it, you know, see what I, they can create. I've always been an advocate for every employee that I ever, uh, that worked under me. And I had no problem knowing that they were going to be using this company I was running for a stepping stone because I, I always wanted to be the one cheerleading them on for their life. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think that's important is of course you want to cheerlead them on to do a great job mm-hmm. in your company, but also, you know, they have their life they want to live. And, uh, and now I, you know, I still talk, I'm in still contact with some of my employees, uh, like Dina, we were just talking yeah. about, I'm so proud of her. <laughs> I've watched her grown so much over five years and it's so incredible to be able to witness that, to ha- see someone who was an employee and, 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 you know, maybe not the best employee to where they're the most amazing person now. And it, and it, and it warms my heart to see like. You know, all these people that came in at $12 an hour are now out there being successful mm-hmm. and they're starting their own businesses or they're getting these amazing jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I believe the stepping stone, I think, is really important. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Cool. We that's covered awesome. a lot right there. I know. That's cow. so amazing. <laughs> so um, switch years again back to back to kind of what you were doing. And, you know, what does this look like on a big picture for you? You know, what do you see for yourself in the next year six months i don't know down the road however far you see i guess gosh you know i always say that uh i do not know if i'll have my business forever i'm uh i i'm I'm just learning as i go like the rest of us um i'm loving what i'm doing i i don't really know exactly where my path is gonna 100 percent take me uh i know uh i know my heart wants to travel i want to travel and i would love to help other countries and teach them what i've learned you know, in my almost decade experience here in Colorado. Um, you know, I'm excited for Michigan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing some work in Michigan, and I'm really excited to help them. Um, I, my goal is to really help teach people what it means to go from unregulated to regulated, mm-hmm. and then how to do that with stamina and how to not uh, exhaust yourself. Because 
once you go through the licensing process and get licensed, you got a whole other journey. Yeah, that's just beginning, yeah. You have a huge journey just going through your build out phase and all the road, you're gonna hit a ton of road bumps. It's never 100% perfect. You never know what the fire department's gonna say or, or the health department or an inspector that comes in and you're checking off your inspection card. You can't expect any of it to go perfect. Expect all of it to not go correctly. <laughs> yeah. And I have people say, hey, we're going to open in six months. And a year and six months later, they're opening. Right. I've seen it take almost two years for people to open or three years just to get an edible to concept and on the shelf. So um, that I just, you know, I really, I really hope that I can take all that knowledge and go share it internationally. Um, I love to talk, which is so easy to tell from this podcast. I love talking and um, I love giving speeches and I, I really like to step out into that sector. Um, I don't want to put myself in a position where I get burned out and I'm traveling. I want to make sure it's something I really want to do and enjoy. Yeah. I get to travel all over Colorado and I get so excited when I get to go to new places, like when I get to go work out near Salida or Moffitt. Or, uh, you know, possibly I could be working in Dinosaur. Like, I've never been to Dinosaur, Colorado. Nice, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, almost at the Utah border. Yeah, I don't consider it work. <laughs> I, I mean, this is amazing. I get to go drive six hours to the part of Colorado I've never seen before, and I might get to see some fake dinosaurs. <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think, you know, it's so hard with the future because so many different things can mm -hmm. happen and opportunities can arise. So, I'm just... I'm just going to keep myself open to what the possibilities are. I like that. Let life take you where you must go. Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, there's there's so many possibilities every day and every week. And oh, absolutely. I never, trust me, what, if you would have told me I was going to start a business when I was an employee, I would have told you I was crazy. <laughs> uh, that Because I knew I wanted to be a consultant, but I never thought I was going to be a business owner and, and have to be responsible for everything and learning how to run a business. Um, and sometimes you can't get in a book. Honestly, you cannot learn it from a book. You just have to literally um, be terrified and step out there and do it. Mm -hmm. and, fa and face your yeah. fears. Yeah, I mean, there's so much out there. And even my grandpa told me that one, one day because he's an entrepreneur and started a few of his own businesses. And I was asking him, well, what finally made you do it? And he's like, nothing, just did it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I just got tired of waiting and just did it. And you just figured it out. Yeah. Yep. And so I think that's the biggest thing is sometimes you just got to jump in cold water and learn how to swim. It's and true. that's the journey. Yeah, it is. And it's not about, and it, it really is about the journey. It's not like, oh, let's hurry up and make a bunch, of bu a bunch of money and get the store open. It's really about the journey to get the store open and mm -hmm. what did you learn about yourself mm -hmm. in the process and then opening that facility and then what you learn about in the process. And I have people that have told me, oh, I failed or I went out of business. And I'm like, well, what did you learn? And, and all that stuff that you learn from failing in your business, now you can take on mm -hmm. to the next valuable. business. Right. Yeah. It's still very valuable. Failing, failing is so valuable. And uh, I think sometimes as humans, we think the things that are uncomfortable or that trigger us or are scary, we consider that to be negative. I actually think it's positive. I think it's positive. I think it's a great way to look at life. It's it's where the learning opportunities are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You need both sides for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I've been trying to preach. I mean, it's been I preach to myself probably more than anything, <laughs> but that's what I try to pass on to others that you need the light and the dark, the negative, the positive. Yeah. You need all that to give you perspective. True. Without it, you wouldn't have nothing, and you'd just be staring at a blank wall. Yeah. Not doing anything with your life. We all would be doing <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Cool. Well, that was amazing. Thank yeah. you so much for chatting with us. Yeah, I think this is you. a very good perspective that people need to learn about for sure. Yeah, I just think this is a really interesting podcast. I'm glad we did this. I'm sure it's a little out of the box. No, it's great. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I'm hoping anybody who listens, you know, if you guys have any additional questions um, for Ginny, you know, feel free to reach out. How can they find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me. Uh, you can. Uh, if you want, feel free to go to my business Facebook page, which is ICS Consulting Service. Uh, you can also go to my website, ICSConsultingService.com. And you can also friend me on Facebook, and I'm under Jenny Lee Germano. Um, and you can also have an Instagram account. I have a really fun Instagram account for my personal and my business. Uh, my personal, you get to see all the paddle boarding and all the traveling I get to do all over Colorado. And then my business is all the fun stuff I get to do in my business and, and the grows I get to see and the um, amazing drives on crazy dirt roads in the middle of nowhere to a cultivation <laughs> facility. <laughs> so there's there's definitely, uh, check out my social media and I, honestly I'm open to anyone reaching out to me. If there's someone out there that says, hey, I really wanna get in this industry, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm very open to talking with you um, because I really wish there was someone like me mm-hmm. that was available for me 10 years ago and that's why I'm willing to do that for anyone now absolutely, and to give I want to give back because um, I've just gotten so much out of being in this industry Dude, it's amazing. huge I'd highly encourage anybody listening just contact Ginny <laughs> um, I've, I mean there's very few people like her in this industry uh, an extremely valuable resource as we're talking about value this whole podcast I mean you your knowledge is extremely valuable thank you um, and I mean even if it's one little nugget that somebody takes that can save them money time headache stress a night of sleep mm-hmm. um, I think it's worth it so exactly I appreciate all of your insights and your time and your passion and compassion yeah Love yeah all. for sure yeah I, I, thanks for letting me be on this podcast this is really exciting for me and it's just it's just fun and I hope I hope some people can be inspired um because, you know, I've been inspired by being in this industry and um, just even being a female in this industry and to be able to start my own business and just the privilege to live here in Colorado. So um, I'm just really ex- I'm just really happy to be where I'm at. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you're amazing. And you can definitely <laughs> tell your knowledge comes from your heart. So yeah. We appreciate that. Thank you. All right. And with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. <laughs> Laters. This episode of Lit and Lucid Podcast is produced in partnership with YooHoo Creative and Design. YooHoo Creative specializes in marketing, social media management, content creation, and other creative needs. YooHoo, helping your company become who you need to be. If you're interested in learning more, hit us up at yoohooCreative at gmail.com.